Collective Cast number 10. What happened? You're tuned to the Collective Cast. Agents of the Collective strive to fight, adapt, and grow. Whether facing the evils of the world or those within ourselves, we support one another and leave nobody behind. And now, here's your host of the Collective Cast, The Cryptic Chameleon. Hello, everybody. My name is Chris, also known as The Cryptic Chameleon. It's great to have you here as part of the Collective Cast as we continue to fight, adapt, and grow in life, gaming, etc. And I appreciate you all being here. It's... uh, for those that are still listening anyway, it's it's good that you're here and I appreciate it. So, um, this is a long time coming. This episode is a long, long time coming. And um, first of all, I, I haven't been creating any new episodes. And you might say, well, gee, why haven't you been creating any new episodes? Well, there's a lot of reasons I have not been creating new episodes because, um, and, and the, this is not excuses, these are legit um so first and and most importantly i'm gonna say there's some internal conflict here and so i i question what are my motivations behind doing the podcast originally the motivation was to tell my story as i go through and have been going through some massive amounts of change in my life and it got to the point where me talking about me uh it, it just got exhausting and I always kind of, you know, just had difficulty with that. And the other thing is like, well, what else, what other reason am I doing this podcast? Well, part of it, to be honest, is this internal feeling of, well, maybe I'll get it right this time. Maybe um, if I do this podcast right, I will be able to, you know, make money off of it or get popular or, or whatever. Um, maybe, you know, people will see it and, and, you know, want to be part of it and think that, uh, I'm cool or whatever. And that's also not the case. It's, uh, you know, I don't have the energy nor the stamina to put into marketing. I don't have the energy nor stamina to, uh, try to make connections with people like I should and, and things like that. And it, it, so I still have a lot of selfish tendencies and, That's not a bad thing per se, but it is to say that, you know, it does create conflict. So there were a couple of times where I sat down and I'm like, I'm going to produce a podcast episode this week and I couldn't do it. I I, I felt like this internal like cringe feeling like, you know, that feeling where it's like there's something you have to do and you really don't want to do it. That's that's the feeling I got for the podcast. And being that the podcast was not an essential part of my life, it's not something that I'm going to live or die on. Well, of course, I'm not going to come back and do a podcast because, you know, I don't have to. There's nothing saying that I have to. But I've still been paying for the podcast hosting because I, I kind of said to myself, oh, I'll come back and I'll, I'll redo it or whatever. So there's a lot of internal conflict there. Am I really wanting to produce this for the sake of producing it or am I just doing it because you know part of me wants to be rich and famous and be discovered as a podcaster is it because I'm I'm looking for attention not necessarily because I'm looking to do good 
And I don't have the answer for that, to be honest. Um, You know, I think some of it is the attention seeking. I think some of it is that, um, you know, I I want the attention on me and I'm an attention hound, which at times I am. I'm going to admit that. Um, But like, I think part of it is also that I did want to be able to connect with people. And I was hoping, especially by changing the kind of mission of the show to be about talking about difficult times in life with other people, uh, specifically with people in the gaming community, uh, people on Twitch, people on um, like game developers, people that just play games, uh, content creators that are producing videos uh, about gaming or with games, stuff like that, that it might give me the ability to connect with others uh, on a real level, even if it's just one time. You know, even if it's not establishing a true friendship, to, but to be able to connect with people because doing a show by yourself, first of all, is boring. But second of all, you're not connecting with anybody. You're connecting with a computer, which is what I'm doing right now. I'm talking to a computer and yeah, I'm talking to the probably two or three people that still uh, have the RSS subscribed in their their podcasting application. But let's be honest, it's, you know, it, it's very difficult to connect with people uh, unless you know you, you have more than one person in a podcast and so yeah that's a little bit selfish because I'm feeling like oh well you know I, I don't connect with myself through the podcast and so maybe I can connect with others through the podcast you know so there's a lot of internal conflict there and it's it's you know a struggle where I'm actually fighting against myself as to whether or not I should do this, and that's why I didn't stop paying for the podcast hosting subscription because I'm like, well, you know, what if I come back to it, and I don't want the old episodes to be lost and and that type of stuff. The other thing is that I feel so hypocritical doing the show because a lot of the show was about me trying different things to improve myself. And what you might have found if you go back to the past episodes and listen is that I would start working through a book or I would start thinking about uh, taking a different direction or something of that nature. And then I would kind of get bored with it and stop. And that makes me feel so hypocritical because it's like, oh, well, you know, you're saying that you're doing all this work and then you kind of stop and you give up. And I don't, I, I do feel guilty about that. You know, it, it's like, oh, I feel ashamed that uh, I was really all in on this this particular topic and then I I gave up on it. You know, it, it's it's not it's not a good feeling. And the thing is that maybe I shouldn't be going all in with any one particular methodology or topic. You know, I've tried lots of things. You know, I've tried uh, you know, Wim Hof method breathing. And for a while I was doing the cold showers as well. I, I may or may not want to get back into that. I don't know. But so I've tried Wim Hof method. I have the app. I actually paid for the app recently for a year so that I can, you know, breathe along with the app and be able to do those exercises. But it's not like I'm doing that every day. Uh, in the past, I, I was going through the seven habits of highly effective people. Um, I was going through a book called, uh, I think it's like Dark Side of the Light Chasers or Dark Side of the Lightbringer or something like that. Um, I've gone through several books that I thought were going to be hugely beneficial to me. And it got to the point where I reach a certain point in the book and it's like, um, Maybe, maybe not, maybe not as beneficial as I thought. And a lot of what I've found is that, you know, 
It's the actions that one takes in their life that matters, and a book is not going to solve my problems. As much as I want it to, I want to be able to read a book, and it's like, ah, this book did it. It solved everything for me, and that that's not life. Which brings me to my next point. Why, why haven't I been producing new episodes? Because it takes time and effort. It's not just the setting up the audio equipment. It's the time that it cr- takes to create chapters within the files, which if you're not using a podcasting 2.0 um, certified application uh, to listen to this episode, you might not see these. But I take the time to put chapters in so that you can skip like you would through an audiobook to different sections of what I'm talking about. And that takes time it actually means i have to listen to the entire episode and put those chapters in and in some cases add images to them as well i think that's a new functionality that my podcast host actually added so now i can actually put images in and all of that takes time and effort and it's it sometimes doesn't feel worth it there's also the the video version of the podcast, which I use to actually create subtitles so that then I can put, you know, the subtitle track into the uh, podcast episode so that people who want to follow along with the with a visual, you know, transcript while they're listening or people that, um, you know, are using a, uh, you know, some other way of uh, using that transcript, at least have access to the transcript. Well, to do that, I have to produce a video. And that video, um, you know, I put on YouTube, but it takes me time to produce that. So I have to go into my video production application and I then need to apply some effects so that you get some of the audio waveform things. And so it looks, looks cool. You know, I want it to look cool. And then I upload that to YouTube. I wait like two hours or four hours for it to generate the SRT file, which is the um, caption or the transcript file. And then I import that into the episode so that we have that data in there. So it's not just one thing. And not to mention the fact that, you know, again, the advertising, quote unquote, of the podcast is something that I should put effort into. But it's just I don't have the time or energy to do so. So a third reason why there hasn't been a new episode is it does take time and effort. It is a pain in the rear sometimes to take all of these steps. And do I need to take all these steps? Well, the answer is no. I could just produce the audio file. I could not go through the video process. I could not add the chapters. And I technically don't need to. But there is a podcasting 2.0 standard that allows for this stuff and makes the episodes more interactive. So if I did have listeners, it would be nice for them to be able to take advantage of that functionality. So it's almost like a fear of missing out. In fact, like I have not gotten myself a uh, lightning Bitcoin node, uh, but there's a way using the podcasting 2.0 technology that... I could set up what's known as a lightning Bitcoin node to be able to get streaming payments to the um, to the podcast. And on top of that, I'd be able to um, also plug into things like Sphinx chat and whatnot, where people can actually chat while they're listening to the episode uh, in almost real time with each other. And it makes it more discoverable as well. Now, should I be doing things uh, about discovery? Well, no, I, I shouldn't. It's not about discovery. It's about me actually 
getting up and doing the show. So it's, it, it is about effort and it's about some of the things, cool things out there that I would love to do, but cost money to do. And that aren't necessary for me to do the actual podcast, but I have a sense of it feeling like it's necessary because I want to be part of the newer kind of podcast movement, so to speak. I want to be part of this, this thing where I could take advantage of these new functionalities. I want to be on the bleeding edge, but I don't need to be on the bleeding edge. And that's, that's the bigger problem there is that I don't need to be on the bleeding edge, but I like being on the bleeding edge, you know? All right. So again, why haven't there been new episodes? Well, one, internal conflict about doing the show. Two, feeling hypocritical because I always feel like I'm not making improvements in my life and yet I'm doing a podcast about making improvements in my life. And it's not that I'm not making progress in my life and we'll talk about that in a moment. But, um, you know, just feeling hypocritical about talking about resources or talking about getting over difficult parts in our lives when I still have difficult parts in my life. And three, the time and effort necessary to produce the show in the way that I want to produce it. Not the way I have to produce it, but the way I want to produce it. Next, what has been going on in my life? There's been a lot of change in my life, some for the better and some I'm still working through. All right. So as you may remember from previous episodes, I have been or I did go through a divorce and the divorce was mutually beneficial for both um, my ex and myself. You know, we, we both agreed it was the right thing to do. It was not easy. There's still some, you know, stuff going on around that. And at the same time, we actually have a really good relationship. And, and in many cases, we actually have a better relationship than what we had when we were married. But that being said, the divorce happened several months ago, and I had still been living with um, my ex. I had been living in the basement, and the basement was finished, but it was not climate controlled. So during the winter, it was very cold in the basement, and during the summer, it got really muggy and, and warm and uh, humid because uh, that's what basements do. They get humid, and so it wasn't the most comfortable living environment, but I had put myself there. You know, I have to acknowledge I messed up that marriage. You know, it wasn't just me, you know, but I own my part of that. And so, you know, you make your bed and you have to lay in it. And that's what I had to do. So uh, in mid-May, I finally moved out. And that's mid-May 2021 for those of you that are listening to this in the future. I moved out and I got my own place Um and it took me a while to get everything set up, to make sure that, you know, I had internet, to make sure that I uh, at least furnished one of the rooms. So I'm actually very proud of my bedroom, um, which I, you know, spent a good amount of money to to furnish the way that I wanted it. And I, I actually like it. I like the way that I have everything furnished in here. So first of all, that's one big thing that's been going on. Um, I got a gym membership. So I, I did get a gym membership and um, I don't go, <laughs> I initially I was going like regularly and now it's been harder, especially like when the weather gets hot, you don't tend to want to go to the gym, even though the gym is air conditioned, it does not necessarily mean that 
if you're sweating like crazy just getting to the gym because, you know, of the heat, you don't necessarily want to um, go and lift weights. And so that's been kind of an excuse I've been falling back on. I haven't been exercising as much as I should and putting in the time and effort that I should. Um, I did go once this past week and, um, you know, it's just something that I have to pick up on because as I've learned to do things on my own after moving, it, it, it's been, you know, interesting to see how self-care works and how, how positive it can be. And also just the strain of is the positivity trigger in my brain, um, greater than the avoidance of pain trigger in my brain, you know? Speaking of living on my own, so yeah, I I have my own place. I have never lived on my own in my entire life up until mid-May. So I'm still learning things about like shopping, food preparation, all that stuff. And because of that, um, let's just say when I'm not exercising and when I'm not going for walks and when I just decide, well, I feel like buying this thing, so I'm going to buy it because it looks cool and I want to eat it. Well, that's great because I'm listening to myself and I'm doing what I actually want. However, the problem is, is that if you're buying pretzels and taco chips and, um, you know, frozen meals and things like that, which I'm not always buying. I just want to make that clear. Like I also buy chicken and vegetables and, um, you know, salad and stuff like that. But the point is like when I am snacking and I do bring that stuff in to the apartment, I am going to eat it. And uh, that means that I've gained some weight around the middle. I'm not unhealthy, but, you know, like I can see I, I got a bit of a gut and I'm, I'm not happy about that. So that that's something where I'm not actually happy in that regard, you know. Um, another set of resources and um, it, uh, that I've come across, and again, I am not professing that any of these are something I'm living 100%. And these are all related to each other. So there's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. There's a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy, The Hero's Journey, which is like an implementation guide for No More Mr. Nice Guy. And there's also a book called Dating Essentials for Men. Now, right now, I am not actually dating. I'm not on a dating website. I haven't started casually dating at this point in my life. In fact, it's still a little bit scary to me, uh, that concept. It doesn't mean that I won't eventually do it. It just means that like, I'm still struggling internally with that. But that being said, No More Mr. Nice Guy really was uh, an awakening for me in some ways. I'm not going to say that the book changed my life or everything in the book changed my life. But what I am saying is that the book did a very good job of laying out a lot of the issues that I've had in my life in a very understandable way. And so if you're somebody who hates conflict, uh, has always avoided conflict, has always deferred your needs to somebody else, but then been passive aggressive about trying to get your own way, or you had certain key areas in your life where you were very, very aggressive about getting your needs, your needs met. But, um, you usually used anger to do that versus actually just saying, hey, um, I need this need met, then it's a good starting place, as is the uh, No More Mr. Nice Guy Hero's Journey. Um, Dating Essentials for Men is written by the same person as No More Mr. Nice Guy. Um, I 
think it's Dr. Donald Glover, Robert Glover, something like that. Um, I think it's Robert Glover. And I don't 100% agree with everything in Dating Essentials for Men, especially after I've asked some women about the content in the in the book. And so um, the content in the book, basically, it can come across as heavy-handed. I think there are truths in it, such as, you know, uh, as a general rule, and I'm trying not to be stereotypical here, but as a general rule, uh, women do want to see confidence in people, and in, specifically in men. And so if a man can't be confident in what he's asking or saying and doesn't have a sense of where his life is going, then a woman is not going to be as likely to want to spend time with that person, to seek them out as a person that could be a future partner, or even to seek them out as you know a dating for fun or friends with benefits type of partner. If you are lacking in confidence, as I have been in the past, and I still am in some ways, then no, that's not going to be attractive to the opposite sex because they they want somebody that's confident as a general rule again there are some women who are much more confident in themselves and don't really care if the person that they're they're seeing is super confident about themselves but it gives a sense of security and and that's a good thing so I do believe that these are all great resources in fact I'm part of a men's group that meets on Sundays virtually um, as part of the no more Mr. Nice Guy thing where we call each other out on behaviors and um, go through some of the stuff in the book. That being said, it is not the be all end all. And that has been a huge benefit though in my life is realizing that um, I think the biggest revelation is the only person responsible for my happiness is me. And sometimes we, I know I, lie to myself about what's going to make me happy. So is watching you know, an entire season of Deadliest Catch now that I have Discovery Plus back to back to back. Is that going to make me happy? Um, in some ways, yes, it will. But in other ways, what could I have done with that 10 hours of time or whatever amount of time it ends up being? Could I have done something to better myself? Could I have done more game streaming? Could I have uh, gone to the gym could I have prepared a healthy meal instead of preparing a frozen meal? You know, all of those things. And it's not to say frozen meals can't be healthy. They can. Okay. But it's saying that we lie to ourselves as to what's going to make us happy. You know, it's not to say playing video games is bad. It's not to say watching your favorite TV show is bad. It's to say that when those things replace dealing with conflict, when they replace dealing with negative emotions, when they replace taking the steps necessary for self-care, that's when it becomes problematic. And I still have some difficulty struggling with that um, because, you know, I do tend to be a sedentary person a lot of times. You know, if I can go into a default groove of some kind and it, it feels comfortable to me, then, hey, comfort's important, right? So as long as I'm feeling comfortable, I'm in good shape. But the problem is comfort does not move us forward in life. In fact, comfort can set us behind in life. 
And that's probably the biggest takeaway that I've gotten is that comfort versus pain. Um, we, as a general society, and I, I know I as a person, do not like pain. I do not like pain. I do not like feeling sad. I don't like feeling depressed. I don't like feeling angry. I don't like feeling called out. I don't like feeling things that are not comfortable. I don't like doing things that aren't comfortable. It, it, it's just, it, it's like the avoidance of pain is the central core of what a lot of our lives are about. If we can avoid pain, then we must be happy. We're happy when we're avoiding pain, right? Like, if I'm not feeling pain, it means that I'm in good shape, right? So, as long as I don't hurt anybody else, as long as I don't upset anybody else, as long as I, you know, don't hurt myself, as long as I can stay in the nice, comfortable box or shell that I've built for myself over the years through my childhood traumas, through my adult traumas, to protect myself from pain, as long as I do that, then I should be happy, right? Because happiness is not feeling pain. Well, that's not correct. Happiness is not um, avoiding pain. Happiness is not comfort. Comfort is actually what kills happiness. And I say that like an authority. I'm not an authority in this, okay? I'm basing this off of these books. But the point is, comfort is not happiness. I can be comfortable. I can be very comfortable. I can be comfortable sitting in front of my computer screen 18 hours a day. And yeah, I'll get a little bit of a headache and I'll be thirsty and, you know, I'll eventually gain a lot of weight. But I could be comfortable doing that. But it's not going to make me happy. It's going to self-medicate so that I'm avoiding dealing with the conflicts inside of myself, which would actually make me happy. You know, what make me happy is discovering who I really am, which means putting myself into situations that are uncomfortable, which means going places that I've never gone before, that I wouldn't have felt comfortable going to before. It means doing things that are uncomfortable, like going to the gym. It means reaching out and connecting to people in ways that I haven't in the past because I was too afraid of getting hurt or being judged. It means voicing my opinions on things and admitting things about myself to other people that I'd be afraid in the past that they would judge me for. And yeah, some people may actually judge me. And when they judge me, it's going to hurt. And then I'm going to decide, well, maybe those aren't the right people. Or maybe though, Maybe they have a legitimate reason for calling me out. And then I have to take that feedback back, deal with the pain, and grow. The only way that growth is experienced is through pain, not through comfort. And the pain that we all try to avoid, the pain of loneliness, the pain of boredom, the pain of not getting my way, is killing us because we avoid all of that instead of stepping up and dealing with it. That's why, like, outrage is so fun. 
I could go on Twitter and yell at people if I want to. I don't. But, like, I can call people out for having views that are different than mine and tell them that they're dumb and hypocritical and jerks and all sorts of other things. And I feel, I feel good because that means that I don't have to deal with my own hypocritical things. I don't have to deal with my own uh, negative personality traits because I can call out somebody else that clearly has worse personality traits than I do. That's what we do. We, we pick a team. We pick a box. We, we declare that box to be our comfort and safety area. And then we call out anybody else that isn't in that box. But that's then us being judgmental of somebody else. And so we're using our judgments of other people to make ourselves feel good. It, it's great. And that's why, you know, there, that I have issues with religion and I have is- now and I have issues with tying into any particular belief system or political system because I don't want somebody else telling me what I actually believe. I want to figure out what I believe for myself. And then I want to be open to having my mind changed on that belief. So that's a, that's a really big, big thing that I've been going through as well. Okay, so uh, to sum up what's been going on in my life, I moved. I have a gym membership, so I'm trying to take better care of myself. Not that effectively. Um, I've been working on learning how to do food preparation and uh, not being too successful at that. And I've gone through some resources tied to No More Mr. Nice Guy uh, and, uh, you know, including a group. And I've learned a lot about comfort versus pain. Doesn't mean I'm good at dealing with that yet. I've gotten better. And I have gotten more confident because of that. So what are the plans for the podcast going forward? Um, I don't know, to be honest, because I really don't feel like me talking into a void is doing anything positive. It, it doesn't benefit me to hear my own voice. And I don't want to keep doing the podcast if it's not going to go anywhere, and if I'm not going to be able to connect with other people. Um, That's partially why I wanted to change it to talk to other people about their growing experiences and their life experiences because I think that I could learn a lot from that. And I also think that people out there could learn a lot from it. And it really is about being open to hearing other people's journeys and what they've learned. And maybe... I won't agree with what they've learned. Maybe I'll say, well, I I don't really agree with your viewpoint on this, but if that has helped you to move forward in life, that's great. And to be able to do that. But there hasn't really been a huge interest in that, mostly because I haven't built a sense of community and I'm terrible at building community. (laughs) I really am because I'm terrible at coming out of myself and just being real and, and putting myself out there. As much as I might game stream and might, um, you know, seem like a very open person, that partially comes from selfishness and also comes from a sense of awkwardness. You know, I'm a little bit more quiet and reserved than I appear to be. I'm just really, really outgoing in certain ways that mask that. And so I'm not great at building community and getting people involved. So I don't know if this podcast is going to continue or not. Because I don't have any confidence in what I'm going to talk about about my life and what I'm learning. Because 
it, 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 it comes and ebbs and flows. And when you're producing a podcast once every three months, well, that's nobody's going to want to hear that unless it's like a four hour long podcast like Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, you know? So what are the plans right now? Well, the plans depend largely on those who are listening or those who are watching live on the stream. It depends on if we start getting that sense of connection where I can talk to people and get their stories because I think really that's the only way that this is going to move forward is by me connecting with others. It's not going to be me talking about myself because it, it just it's boring to me because I'm living my life. I know what's going on in my life. You don't know what's going on in my life, but I think I can weed that or weave that into working with stories of other people. So where the podcast goes is really going to depend on what type of communication I get from people over the next three to six months. One, is this beneficial to you as it is? But two, can we find people who want to be involved and want to talk to me about struggles they've encountered in their lives and and gotten through it? And I would prefer to target the game streaming content creation group because there's so much conflict within those groups. There's so much drama that takes place. And I think there's a lot more positivity there than people understand. There are positive stories that get overlooked because of the drama and the conflict. And I think that those positive stories need to be heard, even when there is pain in that. I'll even go so far as to say, like, you know, maybe there is somebody who was a complete and utter asshole. And I will say it that way. Somebody that was manipulative, somebody that, um, you know, took advantage of people based upon their position as a streamer or a content creator and then learned from it and is trying to rebuild their life. I think that everybody deserves a second chance. I think that it has to be about, though, not making an excuse for behaviors, but owning up to those behaviors and then moving forward. What I don't want this to be is a bunch of people who have been accused of Me Too behaviors and then turning around and saying, oh, well, you know, uh, there was stuff going on in my life and this is what happened. And no, that's not what this is ever going to be for. (laughs) This is not a platform for people to pace themselves as victims when they're not. But I'm using that as an example to say there are people that have gone through both the as the victim side of the Me Too movement who have come back because of that and have struggled through that and become a stronger person um, in spite of those experiences. But there's also the people that were the victimizers who actually learned and moved forward. And we don't get those stories either. We get the victim story, which is the most important story. But for those that actually learn, we don't get their side. And it's not to say that if they're making excuses that their side is valid in that case. It is to say, though, that if they're not making excuses and they've radically changed their lives because of being called out and 
being deplatformed or whatever the situation is, that that may very that struggle may very well be a story worth telling. And I'm just using that as an example. There are tons of other stories out there. People, uh, you know, who struggled to become a content creator. People who struggled, um, you know, to make it in the world. People who um, were part of the whole Gamergate thing. People who have, you know, uh, huge success stories of starting a game all by themselves, spending years putting it together, and then having it become a runaway success. Streamers who have left and come back and left and come back and still struggle with whether or not they should be streaming. Those are the stories I want to hear. You know? So what are the plans going forward? Well, it's going to depend on you. If I don't hear from people and, you know, my life doesn't have enough content, then it's going to go away. And uh, that's okay. I have to be okay with letting it go. And hey, that that saves me some money. Saves me 10 bucks a month on podcast hosting, you know? But if not... You know, I think that it could be something where it could be a very positive thing. And I know I could learn a lot from it. Okay. Speaking of podcast hosting and things like that, I do consider this podcast and also my game streaming to be what I refer to as value for value, which I got as a concept from the No Agenda podcast. Value for value means if you get value out of what I'm doing, regardless of what it is, that you show some level of value in return. That could be spreading the word. It could be leaving feedback, uh, which, by the way, is collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com. Or if you want to make a monetary donation, you can do so. And I would definitely appreciate that. That would go to the cost of hosting. But essentially, value for value means that if you get something out of what I do, um, then show something back, and it doesn't matter how big or how small, whatever it you know demonstrates to you how valuable whatever I'm doing is to you. I also want to take a moment, as I'm trying to breathe, to talk about Podcasting 2.0. So Podcasting 2.0 is a new series of... Um, Names, it's a new namespace for RSS for podcasting, and it also is a, a series of functionalities and payment methodologies that keep podcasting free and open. So, for example, the chapters I was talking about, chapters have been around for a long time, but they had to be baked purely into the MP3 file. Well, now, with Podcasting 2.0, it's actually encoded in a separate text file so that um, the text file itself controls the chapters and the references for the chapters and things like that. Um, There are a lot of great features around payments. There's a lot of great features around um, audio snippets and chapters and all sorts of things built into this new series of specs. There's also an entire new database uh, that can be replicated across people's uh, platforms because it's completely open. So the podcasting space stays an open space where it can't have people being deplatformed, and people can, you know, have a voice and make money off of it through Bitcoin rather than just through standard payment systems that can be deplatformed. So, if you're at all interesting in po- interested in podcasting 2.0, head to newpodcastapps.com or podcastindex.org. 
I promise it is something that's well worth looking into, especially if you are a content creator and want to create a podcast and be in the new um, kind of latest and greatest technological advances when it comes to podcasting. All right. So with that, I think we're going to wrap things up for this episode of the Collective Cast. Again, if you like what you're hearing, by all means, please leave me some feedback. It's collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com. I also want to hear from you if you have a story to tell. If you do have a story to tell, I want to hear that story. And again, place to tell that is collectivecastfeedback at gmail.com. And I will be happy to set up an interview time frame. Until next time, I'm the Cryptic Chameleon, also known as Chris. Take care.